Of Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I'm Ushin. And I'm Andrea. And today we are discussing episode 11 Silent Enemy. After an attack by a mysterious ship, Archer orders Enterprise's return to Jupiter Station to install phase cannons. And a reminder just at the start if you have any comments or remarks or questions for us, you can email us at podmeupscotty at gmail.com so andrea how did you feel about this episode silent enemy what did you remember of it did you remember it i did i remembered about the food mission the read finding favorite food mission it's silly when you put a communication officer to that mission when you have a ship attacking you constantly but who am i to tell the captain what to do I did remember that part. I did not remember that we didn't see the aliens. We did see them. Oh, yeah, we did. How long ago did you watch this episode? <laughs> uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times have you watched it before that? Oh, my God. Shut up. I, I was thinking we didn't see them communicating through the ship, but obviously they came onto the ship. So, yes, we did see them. Honestly, when I just saw it, literally just saw it, Less than an hour ago, the first thought that I had in my head was they look like crabs. Their eyes look like crab eyes. So I made a thought of how they looked and then I forgot that we've seen them. That's embarrassing, but I mean, continue. What was your opinion? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I enjoyed this episode. I like the aliens. The CG is dated a lot. Yes. And so their movements were kind of comical. But the general vibe of them, I thought, was pretty scary. The idea that these aliens have the technology to just board your ship without you even knowing and then knocking you out, doing these weird scans. They seem to be immune to the phaser blast. It was pretty scary. Yeah. And I was almost disappointed that it was resolved kind of easily that they defeated them because we'd been led to believe that they had such advanced technology. I mean, what they had was an advanced shield i think mm. and these are other than the slug the first non-humanoid aliens we meet right they are humanoid though their face is not humanoid that's not a humanoid because they have two legs and two arms no and but does that not make them humanoid they have to resemble a human right yeah but they do they're they're lobster legs and two arms they're crabaloid Crabaloid. <laughs> they don't walk sideways. You don't know that. Maybe that's their sideways. We saw them walk. They didn't walk sideways. I don't know. They are bipeds, but not all bipeds are humans. Okay, interesting. I'm going to look up humanoid. Humanoids resemble human, right? How do you define resemble? So having human form or characteristics. 
having a, the appearance of character resembling that of a human. They didn't look human. The Nobulans look human. Vulcans look human. Yeah, fair enough. They had different knees. They are. They don't have the proportions. The torso and arms looked human. Yeah, but they're not. I, I wouldn't consider them humanoid. A Vulcan can pass as a human. The Nobulans could possibly. Flux looks more humanoid than them. Yeah. What are Klingons? I mean, I know they're humanoid. I'm just really curious about where we draw this arbitrary line now. Every show has their own depiction of Klingons. So Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, we, we will get to that, I guess, at some yep. point when the time arises. But I guess I would consider Klingon more humanoid than whatever crab alien this was. Okay, but anyway, we're not classifying these aliens as humanoid. I am personally, I'm not. Okay. We didn't actually get a name for them. No, we, we didn't. I'm just saying they're crabaloids. That's what I'm calling them. Until proven wrong, call Until them we get an official designation from Star Trek. Exactly. But no, I thought they were very effective and I thought they were very scary. Yeah, they were. And... I'm assuming they'll come back. You obviously also mentioned the other subplot in this episode. The attempt to make Reed vaguely interesting. Give him something other than weaponry as his personality. To be honest, I actually felt sorry for Reed in this episode. Okay. Because obviously I don't like Reed. He's boring. He doesn't have a personality. Yeah. But this episode is basically about his so-called friends and colleagues who have been on a ship with him for five months and still don't know anything about him. Yeah. So I feel more sad about his family not knowing that he loves pineapple, even though he's allergic. Yeah. Rather than him being a closed-off person that doesn't share with people. But... His family, his parents and his sister don't know that he likes pineapple regardless of his allergy. I would assume that if someone asks you, hey, we're making we're baking a cake for Andrea for her birthday. Do you like the flavor that she would like? You would instantly say chocolate and you can say and she's lactose intolerant. That doesn't matter. She will eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you definitely think if you were having a conversation about your brothers or sisters dietary requirements even if you're talking about what they do like you would probably slip in their allergies that they have yeah if i would have been the mother i would have been like he eats anything he's a good eater he's not a picky eater whatever Mm. but he's allergic to pineapple but his mother does just say he eats anything that's put in front of him and that's an ideal opportunity to correct yourself i know oh he actually does have these allergies though don't put this in front of him yeah, I felt more sad for him that his own family didn't know what he liked or didn't like rather than the crew because obviously the crew are now trying to figure it out. Yeah, but you're a crew and they've been together five months. We've seen them eat together before. We have both worked in places where we've had to eat or socialize with our co-workers and You obviously don't sit down and ask, hey, what's your favorite food? But these things come up in conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember the last job I had in my last city, the first time that I went out with one of the co-workers, it was still on the training period. And 
I was like, I'm going to McDonald's right after this. Do you want to come? Like, it's just such a simple question. I like McDonald's. She said yes, so I knew that she liked McDonald's. And then we went there, and you can kind of tell, oh, they ordered the the chicken thing. Oh, she prefers chicken over beef. You don't have to be specific, but, like, you get to know people, right? Yeah. But I think he's just not an open person. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like such a strange subplot, because at the end of the episode, we still don't know anything much more about Reed except that he likes pineapples and his parents are a bit shit. And it actually <laughs> reminded me of there's a trend on dating sites at the moment where people seem to think that liking pineapple on pizza is a personality trait. And it's just not. Liking food is not a personality is trait. Is that a thing? I haven't encountered that in my country. Oh my god, every second profile is like, change my mind, pineapple belongs on pizza or it doesn't belong. I don't fucking care if you like pineapple on pizza. I mean, I care, but not enough to put it as my started sentence on a dating site. Like, I'll judge you silently when we're eating pizza. Also, I just don't care what people like on their pizzas because I'm not going to be sharing a pizza with you. I'm getting Exa- my own pizza. That is, that is a very good point. That is a very good point. I'm not sharing not my pizza anytime. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It felt like we've had episodes now where we got a bit of backstory on Mayweather. We had a bit of backstory on Hoshi and all the other characters. And they thought to themselves, okay, we need to do Reed. But even we, the writers, cannot think of anything interesting to write about this guy. Yeah. I don't want to say that the writers don't care about Reed. But the writers don't care about Reed. Uh, Reed (laughs) has to be there. Because the ship needs an armory officer and security officer. And so far... He hasn't been given any anything, anything, a personality or a plot line or a purpose. The only thing he's good at is fucking up equipment and not saying anything other than, did you see their yeah. weapons? And I don't think it's even our own bias now. At this point, objectively, in the show, they've done nothing for him. And it is kind of sad. Because as you said, we have been given more information about other characters like the Paul and Trip, and we've seen Captain Archer flirt with an alien on a planet. In this episode, we find out that Trip was seeing someone on Earth. Yeah, that's new information. This was supposed to be a recentric episode, and we found out more about Trip than we did about him. Yeah. So at this point, objectively. He's being done dirty by the writers, and it's not our fault that we don't like him. He's just not interesting. No, and the writers, it's almost as if they said to themselves, oh, well, he's British, that's character enough, he's not American. We don't need to develop that. And I feel bad because every episode we do constantly rag on Reed, and I'm sure the actor, Dominic Keating, is a good actor, but he's just given nothing to work with on this show, and I feel... I feel sorry for him, and I feel, I do kind of feel sorry for Reed, because it is genuinely not his fault that he's uninteresting. No, no, exactly. And maybe like, there is more to him, but we, the writers of the show, the other characters on the show, they don't want to find that out. I remember one single episode that is more in-depth about his personality, just a tiny bit, mm. 
and it, it it's not making it better you know like it's not oh when i was when i was on earth i used to spend my days reading to poor children on orphanages no it's the writer's fault at this point to make a character so one dimensional in fairness i think we did learn bits from this episode but i don't think they were intentional i think they're almost accidental there's a moment at the end of the episode where obviously trip and reed are butting heads over the installation of these cannons and eventually trip overrides them because he's chief engineer and higher rank which is fair but at the end of the episode when everything works reed i can't remember what he said i think he says uh i think he just acknowledges trip but he calls him trip which we've never heard before he always calls him commander and i like that because it at least gave us a sense that okay there is an actual person in there he's not just a lieutenant he can maybe relax slightly and get to know people and i do have to give credit to reed uh, and i think you'll agree with me on this okay i saw this and i said okay this is not how i expected reed to react to this when hoshi eventually caves and goes to reed to question him about his thing and she makes the very foreseeable mistake of leading him to believe that she's asking him on a date he says I don't think that would be appropriate because we work together and that's the correct response to that situation yeah also he outranks her exactly he outranks her it would be very inappropriate it just wouldn't be right at all yeah Uh, and we have discussed on previous episodes how Reed may be someone who would take advantage of uh, yeah of an alien We 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 particularly talked about him tricking an alien into thinking sex is a game, which is not out of my mind. But credit where credit's due, he did the right thing. He was a decent man. And also, I don't know the ages of the actors, but Hoshi seems so much younger than Reed already in the show that I would have... Uh, yeah, it would have been so weird if that became a thing. But yeah, that was another thing that was nice to know about him. That, as you said, I think was mostly unintentional. There's 16 years between them. 16? How old was she when the thing was happening? How old is she now? Well, she was born in 1978. And this came out in 2001, so early 30s. She looks so young. Oh my god, she's so beautiful. I would have said, like, mid to late 20s. But I guess it makes sense that when you get to be a proficient linguist on Starfleet, you should be at least in your 30s and not, like, 22. Yeah. Now that I'm done giving Reed credit, I do want to criticize him again. (laughs) Also, Trip, though. Okay, because the whole plot of this episode, as summarized in the synopsis I read at the start, that Archer wants to go back to Jupiter to get these cannons installed. And they could have installed the cannons at any time over the last five months. The plot of this episode is uh, the crew of Enterprise do something that they should have done five months ago. Yes, but Archer didn't give the order five months ago. He waited until there was an imminent threat which I think it's more on the captain's fault than anybody else's on the Enterprise. I'm fully okay with transferring my anger to Archer because in his in his final report back home, he's saying how, oh, they did in 48 hours what the crew back on Jupiter Station would have taken a week to do. 
I'm really proud of them. You only gave them 48 hours. They would have had two weeks to do this. <laughs> yeah. This is on you. You you waited five months to ask your crew to install phaser cannons. That bothered me. I still enjoyed the plot, but I have questions about, did they just have the, the cannons like in a box in storage or something? I guess so. They're just lying there gathering dust. Don't you have a cannon stored in your wardrobe? No. I mounted that thing as soon as I moved in. It's on the roof. I'm I'm ready. I'm prepared for the invasion. Yeah, I have mine on the on the closet, yeah. My cannon's gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um so yeah. What else on this episode? I do wanna mention so I I don't know how much to expose myself <laughs> on this on the on this podcast, not on the video. She's not talking about it on the video. <laughs> no, not no. Um, personally, personally expose myself. Um, because so there is a faction of fans that role play characters from different shows and movies and everything. Are we talking like cosplay? No, like written role play. Fan fiction writing, but with two people and two characters. Okay, and are we talking sexual roleplay? Or it just... can be anything, depending on the show and then everything. Yeah, like, so I roleplay, and my roleplay is not like Dungeons and Dragons roleplay, where it's acted out, it's written out. I've been roleplaying for as long as I can remember. It used to be Harry Potter, and then it evolves with the times. Mm-hmm. And when I started watching this show, in 2018, I did roleplay as Trick because he's my favorite character. And as you've mentioned before, he and I have similarities in how we behave. So it's easier for me to write him than it would be for me to write to Paul, for example. So when I was roleplaying as Trick, you usually roleplay inside your own fandom. So I would roleplay with two Pauls and archers and everything. And I roleplayed with reads and a big part of the read role players shipped him with trip sexually because of things like the thing that happened on this episode where they're arguing and they're face to face and it could be considered homoerotic yeah so that is a thing that i wanted to mention that some people out there ship them together um i don't know (laughs) As much as I'm for gay agendas to be pushed onto people, I don't know if this gay agenda is a gay agenda I can get behind. Yeah, I want to say that that's so wrong and that's nothing to do with the genders of the character involved. It's purely because of one's personality and one's complete lack of personality. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think <laughs> the, the lack of chemistry between them Yeah, is... I think you'd have more success shipping trip with the computer yeah but yeah if you have trip and ball right there and you're trying to do some gay ship just for the sake of it being gay which happens in every fandom in everything in everywhere every time you have a straight relationship and you just delete it for the sake of a gay one when it would be so easy to make that character bisexual. And that is a thing that me personally, as a bisexual person, 
I get very annoyed by because it happens a lot with Peter Parker where they make him gay when he's canonically attracted to women. We don't know if he's attracted to men, just use the opportunity to make him bisexual because in every iteration he's been with a woman. Comic-wise, movie-wise, any franchise-wise, he's been attracted to a, a woman. So just make him bi. It's just not that hard. So in this case, it annoyed me a little bit because of that, because you have the poll right there. But yeah, that was my rant and my exposing myself uh, as a role player of many, many, many years. I mean, no, that's that's really interesting because I did not know this about you. Yeah, that's a whole a whole thing. So, any role players in the in the room? Any role players? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any read role players out there, keep it in your pants. I would just like to know. Why? To give the the ones that I used to roleplay with credit, they did give him more than just weapons as a personality. I was just thinking, if you wanted to roleplay as a character, Reed is probably the blankest canvas you can get, <laughs> aside from a blank canvas. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of development you can do there. Yeah. I mean, you just have to remember guns and pineapples. We're on episode 11, and that's everything we know, other than his birthday is September 2nd. And his parents are dicks. Yes. Well, not his mom. His mom is just unbothered. His father is a dick. I just liked that because he was British, his parents were obviously very British, but very British to the Americans is, oh, they, they still live in the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> their outfits and their decor of their house, it was just all really 1970s. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, they should have been dressed as Victorian British people. I think they must have done this on purpose as well. And I should have brought this up earlier. But there is a moment at the start where they first encounter the alien ship. And the ship leaves and they're discussing why the ship left. And Mayweather jokes, oh, maybe they just didn't find us interesting. (laughs) And Reed says, Us? Not interesting. And... They must have known. They must have known. That's so ironic. (laughs) Even the way the actor delivers it, he keeps his head down and he says it quietly. (laughs) Like as if, please someone correct me. (laughs) Tell me I'm interesting. (laughs) Someone someone praise me, please. (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed that. I'd also just like to comment on Archer's complete lack of subtlety in regard to his secret mission. Because when he goes over to give Hoshi her secret orders, he's like walking through the bridge and he's just always looking over his shoulder and watching to see if anyone is looking at him or watching I him. mean, everybody knows except for Reed. Everyone else seems to know. Everyone Hoshi encounters in this episode is asking her, how's your secret mission going? Yeah. Everyone in this ship cares so much about Reed's favorite food. And yet none of them have thought to ask in the previous five months. Yeah. Also, 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 what in the hell is a pineapple cake? I was thinking the same thing. That has to taste like poo-poo. I'm not a big fan of pineapple. I've had pineapple upside down cake, but that is, there's pineapples on the cake. Yeah, like a pie. The cake isn't pineapple. I've never had pineapple flavored icing. Yeah. I wouldn't want pineapple flavored icing. I'm not a big fan of pineapple either. It has enzymes that destroy meat. And that's why it's kind of spicy on the tongue. 
because it's eating you alive while you're eating it. And I like pineapple juice, but I don't like eating a pineapple. And I don't think I would like a cake and bits of pineapple and pineapple icing. Like, it's just so weird. It's such a weird... Like, you could make a pie. A pie is just the crust and the fruit. And I wouldn't like that either, but he would. So just do that. So weird. Yeah, it was very weird. Just returning to the main plot, Star Trek is not very subtle in its starship designs. Yeah. And I found myself thinking, have the crew of Enterprise never seen a sci-fi show or a sci-fi movie? Because that ship is clearly evil. They, The yeah. design of that ship is clearly evil. They are evil. Run away. It's black and green. <laughs> yeah. If it's black and green, run away. And it's pointy. It's pointy, almost yeah. Almost like got daggers at the front of it. They should teach starship aesthetics in Starfleet or something. Just how to recognize an evil... Yeah. An evil starship. When I first saw it now, the first thing that I saw when I saw the ship was this looks like a Klingon ship. Because Klingon ships are pointy, are black, you know, dangerous looking. Once you hail them and they do nothing and they just come in, do nothing, scan you, go out. Like, how dumb are you? Oh my god. But I, I really I hope they do come back because I think they were a good threat and as I said earlier. I think it was genuinely scary that they were able to just come on board without Enterprise being able to do anything. And I think you, you can do a lot with that. I would like to see the Crabloids again. Definitely. At least to give them a name. Yeah, at least, yeah. At least give them a name. Do you have anything else to say? I don't have much more to say. Well, what do you have to say? I don't have much more to say. That's what I... You don't have, as in anything? As in... I think we covered everything. I feel bad that we're not saying more because I didn't think this was a bad episode, though. It wasn't. I know we don't have much to say about it, but I don't think it's a bad episode. No, I I don't think it is a bad episode. It's just simple. It's very simple. It's very simple. Something I did notice as well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think we had this discussion before because we talked about doing a list of all the crew members. They said previously there was 52 crew members. Yeah. I have that number in my head. But then in this episode, when Trip and Archer are talking, Archer mentions that he's responsible for 81 humans. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let's see. I think it's just some casual reckoning that they're doing. Uh, the ship first appeared, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this. The episode showed the maiden voyage of Enterprise with the crew of 84. That's on the first episode. So 84. Yeah, so he, he's correct. Because he said 81... Humans, one Vulcan, plus one Denobulan. So they lost one. Depaul and Flox. Flox is a Denobulan. Yeah, Denobulan. but that. So, to, so in today's episode, there's eighty three, and there used to be eighty four. They lost one. Oh, they did lose Daniels. Oh yeah, that yeah okay yeah they they did yeah he died. All right, be Daniels. I have two more things to say about this episode. Okay, go ahead. Okay. They're very short. I think we need to add a tick to to Paul's spreadsheet. What? Do we agree with to Paul's spreadsheet? Oh. Because in this episode she says, If you want to know something about Mr. Reed, perhaps you should ask him. Just straight to the point. Yeah. Very Vulcan. She's right. You can't argue with that. And then the other thing I want to say is that I do like that 
it was a small thing, but when Trip and Archer, they're obviously talking about Trip's love life, Natalie, who we've never heard of before and Trip has never mentioned before, but they also talk about Duval getting a promotion and getting a ship of his own. Again, it's what I like about Star Trek is that they're very good at establishing that this series is set in a wider world and there is other stuff going on outside the series even if we're not following it or aware of it it's just really good at placing the series in context i think the natalie thing was just out of i don't even i was going to say it's plot convenient but it's really not we didn't even know better before they could have just pretended he was single all this time yeah did he tell her when he got pregnant that he was pregnant? Did he send her an email? Like, hey, uh... He didn't even mention her. No. <laughs> didn't even think of her. And when he was consoling or giving advice to, to Paul, and he mentioned all my previous relationships have ended in bust, he didn't yeah. say, except this one, except my current one, fingers crossed. Yeah, that's true. There was no hint that he was in a relationship. That would have been a perfect way to introduce her. Or even for T'Pol could have said, oh, but you're in a long-term relationship now and you're making it work. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. I heard you're, you're with someone on Earth. Would you? Okay, so hypothetical question. Imagine we are a hundred or so years in the future and we have warp drive and the capacity to do what the Enterprise is doing and just go on missions. Yeah. Would you break up with your partner if you or them was going on the ship like if one of you was staying behind or would you try to make it work because i would break up with them i think you'd have to break up i think it's one thing to to move to another country or another city and like maybe have the possibility to meet once a month or something or once every two months but they're yeah. not in the galaxy they're in another galaxy like <laughs> that's not gonna work no you have to break up because Whatever length of time they're away, you have to double that because it's going to take them that length of time to come back. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking about this episode. Because at first when they were talking about going back, I was like, oh, why are they all so reluctant to go back? And then I realized, oh, wait, it took them five months to get here. It's going to take them five months to get back. And they've seen all that before. And then they have to do another five months to get back to where they were in the first place. I mean, maybe it's not five months back because they have stopped along the way and dropped out of warp and everything. But let's say minimum three and a half months. They're not going to make it in a day. So that would have sucked. Imagine she breaks up with him and three or four months later, he's like, I showed up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to talk about it. Yeah. I think the Natalie thing didn't need to be done. And I think they could have done so many things. I know... So many things, I mean, I don't remember specifics, but I know that so many things happen back home regarding other characters that they could have used examples of now, and they didn't. They went for someone that we don't know, we don't care for. I don't feel sorry for Trip for a broken relationship because I don't know her. So, pointless. The only thing I got from it was that maybe we would get some advancement in the Tripol of it all. Maybe. They've done the equivalent of changing his uh, relationship status to single. I mean, yeah, because she was engaged. On that, I think it's interesting, and it's such a Star Trek of this generation thing, that they have these overarching plots about the Temporal War and stuff, and they obviously have continuity, but they don't really do personal continuity of the characters. 
like DePaul ended her marriage or engagement and obviously she's a Vulcan so she's not going to be that affected by it but it's never mentioned again it hasn't been mentioned since there'd be no even hint of it between her and Trip yeah there's examples that I can think of in other series where things have happened in characters personal lives and they've been dealt with in that episode and affected them in that episode and then it's almost brushed under the carpet for the next episode until it's relevant again yeah I remember something similar happening in the original series I mean even Trip was pregnant that's never (laughs) been brought up again I think That was the episode to mention Natalie and be like, shit, I need to tell my girlfriend that I'm pregnant with another alien's baby. Look, it's obviously writing. They just retconned it so that he suddenly had a girlfriend he needed to break up with. But if they had it at the time, that would have been one of his first defenses. Like, Archer, you know me. I have a girlfriend. I wouldn't do this. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I wouldn't have her. I wouldn't have cheat. Because it's not even that big of a deal in the episode. He's sad for like three seconds and then she's never even mentioned again. I would have felt sadder for him if he got a message of like, oh, my sister broke up with her long-term partner. She's going through a divorce. That would have affected me more because at least I would be knowing, oh, he has a sister and he has a good relationship with her. That would have been more than a girlfriend that we don't know about breaking up with him because he's fucking 10 light years away or something. Of course, I'm going to break up with you too. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't break up with Trip, personally. You'd stow away on the ship. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, take me with you. I'll, I'll just stay there, sit pretty. So yeah, that was Silent Enemy. I don't think I have anything else to say on it. Do you? Me neither. I think we went for way too long for what the episode is. Yeah. So, yes, that was Silent Enemy. Thanks so much for listening. If there's anything that you would like to add to our conversation or that you feel we should have touched upon, as I said at the start, you can contact us at podmeupscotty at gmail.com. You can also follow us and comment at us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, also at podmeupscotty. And we will be back next week with episode 12. Do you want to say it? Dear Doctor! (laughs) Um, So yeah, you can follow us on your podcast app of choice. And you can also review it if you like. Thanks again and talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. We still don't like Reed. We feel kind of bad for him. And the aliens were scary and looked like crabs. So I think we covered the main points. And Hoshi is beautiful.